morning, and if I've not met you before, my name is Rick, and I'm the campus pastor here, and we're delighted to have you, just like Andrew said, thanks for joining us this morning. You know, some of the greatest successes that we'll ever experience in our relationships will come when we're able to resist the urge to hear the sound of our own voice, when we're able to be quiet and prefer the other person, allow them to speak, we will be able to succeed in our interpersonal relationships in a way that we wouldn't if we just feel the need to talk all the time, share all the time. And everybody looking straight forward right now, if you're with somebody that likes to hear the sound of their own voice, you don't want to point them out right now, this is not the time to make them feel uncomfortable in church. You save that for this afternoon to make them feel uncomfortable this afternoon, okay? But we love, some of us love the sound of our own voice so much that whenever there's any issue to, the, to, to speak to, we do it. We offer a pearl of wisdom that we have inside because we think we can make the situation better by speaking to something. When I come home and I see my wife Amanda crying, right away I know she's broken. Because we know that, right guys? Men? Who are you with me on this? When, 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 we see, when we see them crying, we're like, oh no, she's broken, I have to fix that. Because every man knows that, that they're, they're terrified of those, of those tears. And I can remember a couple years ago, I came home from work and Amanda was crying. She had, there had been a co-worker who had, who had, who had kind of said some unpleasant things about her and was putting her in a bad light with her principal. And, and we kind of see it, ladies, I don't know if you've ever pictured it this way, but we kind of see it like a leaky faucet. When we see a faucet leaking, we know that we have to fix that. And we drop whatever we do to make sure that there's not like, like water piling up in the basement because if it piles up, it's going to wreck everything, right? We have to fix that leaky pipe, fix that leaky tap. And we see sometimes our relationships the same way. We think, I have to do everything I can to fix that leaking lady beside me because if not, it's going to go bad. And, and we think, I know what I'll do. I'll just share some of my wisdom and that ought to fix it. Just tell her what to do. And so I remember that day I said to Amanda, you know what, you just go in the next day and say, you can't speak to me like that. And then you tell the supervisor, you know, I didn't do any of that and that'll fix everything. Well, surprisingly, that didn't fix the problem with Amanda and uh, might have made for a long night of, of discussion, let's say. But, but there are sometimes when men, we speak to something when we should just listen. Because speaking isn't always necessarily the thing that will fix things. Obviously, I'm being a little bit facetious there. But men, we're not the only ones who speak in crisis. Listen to a mother when her teenage son can't figure out how they should start to get into dating. Does a mother listen or does a mother like to speak at that point? Um, again, we're not looking around here. But you, they, they want their teenage sons to start telling them about what's going on in their heads and how they're feeling and what, and what they want to do. Well, I, mean, I have a couple thoughts about that. A, no teenage boy should ever really expose all the thoughts that are going on inside of their head. Nobody, nobody wants to get into that mess that deeply. And, and B, no teenager ever listens to their parents' advice, just carte blanche. They do usually the opposite of what their parents advise them to do. So speaking to it often aggravates the problem, just like we aggravate our relationship problems by speaking to things that maybe we shouldn't. We aggravate our parental problems. Now, kids, you can't get away from this either because you've not even lived a quarter of your lives. Who's a, who's like, who's a teenager in the room or a preteen or something like that? Just op- open up. Yeah, just be honest. Okay, we got a few. You haven't even lived a quarter of your lives 
but you regularly think you are so smart that you will challenge the wisdom of your parents and your teachers and leaders that have lived more than double of what you have lived, but you often feel the need to point out why you're right and they're wrong, don't you? Just on, yeah, the parents are again, we're looking at that. We, we, have, we have our brain, you have your brains clouded with hormones and puberty and all these things that are obscuring reality, but you like to demonstrate the nature of what's going on time to time. We all struggle with this, is what I'm saying. We all open our mouths when sometimes we should close them. And we get caught at times talking too much. And when we look at our world, we've seen that some of the greatest leaders and some of the greatest accomplishments come from people who figure out speaking to something isn't always the way to fix it. Here's what Gandhi said. You can shake the world in a gentle way. You remember Rosa Parks? The beginning of the end of of racial injustice in the U.S. South started not because she started riots, because she sat on a bus, because she sat. Mark Zuckerberg, you may know Mark Zuckerberg, the man who created the loudest social network in the world, Facebook. He did so being quiet and shy, and he listened to what his peers were saying and what they wanted, not by being loud and vocal. Listening isn't common, and it's not natural. Some of you may have read the book by Susan Cain. She's currently the world's favorite introvert. She wrote a book called Quiet, and then she delivered a TED Talk called The Quiet Revolution. And if you were at our leadership summit last year, Uh, she came and she gave uh, about a a 45-minute synopsis of her findings. But she quoted this old proverb. She said, we have two ears and one mouth, and we should use them in that proportion. And she's the voice of anyone who's ever felt their palms get sweaty when they're forced into team-building activities or large group discussion, thinking, I don't want to be forced to talk. And she learned the power of listening and learned that many great leaders in our world, they're introverts who naturally are wired to listen before speaking. So there are some, in fact, a large percentage of our population who are wired to listen first. And in in our series, Revolution, we're talking about rethinking life and relationships. In the first week, we looked at, should we be loving differently? Sometimes we are selective with our love, and we need to share our love equally, regardless of how we're loved back. And last week, we looked at our prayer life and said, maybe we should be praying differently, not so self-focused. This week, we're rethinking listening. And the church has a lot of messages on how we listen to God, but not so many messages about how we listen to one another. And we do a great job of highlighting people who can speak well or or sing well or share a message publicly that they feel they've heard from the Lord. But we fail to highlight those, those gifts that are important where the quiet, the inner strength, the listening, the alone, where's their place in our church and in, and in God's story? Is it more spiritually favorable to share what you've heard with God to a hundred other people in a room like this or to reflect on it personally and maybe share it in a personal conversation? Which is more spiritually favorable? Which is more important? The answer, of course, is neither. But sometimes we focus on if we can speak to it, if we can share it, that's the world, that's the culture that we have created and we feel that that can be something better. Now, there's a big difference between what we hear and what we listen to, right? Many of us hear much of what goes on during the day, but we selectively choose what we want to listen to. Hearing is the passive. It just happens. It comes into your ears. If you have have ears that are functioning properly, you will hear things that come in. Listening is active, and it's conscious. And you can pick up on things when you're actively trying to pick things. We we even know this. Markel will tell you. Markel, are you listening back there? 
No, he's not. He's, he's not hearing me. Markel will know, and Markel struggles with hearing, but when Markel wants to listen, he can listen. And it, it doesn't even require an acute sense of hearing to listen. It just requires tuning that skill for listening. Now, our kids are masters at this, aren't they? When they know dinner is pizza, they hear the call for dinner, right? <laughs> they're waiting. They're waiting to hear. Dinner's ready, and boom, they're up there. They're, they hear the call when it's mom's casserole. <laughs> they don't always listen to that call. They don't always spring to action when it's something that they're not as interested in. They hear it, but they don't listen. You hear things all the time, like noises in the middle of the night. Who hears noises in the middle of the night? Just people, yeah, you, you, you hear the noises. And when we hear noises, sometimes we ignore them. But when we think it's footsteps on the lower floor below us, we really start listening, don't we? Amanda's great at this one. When she hears, a, she hears noises all the time, and she's like, did you hear that? There's something going on downstairs. And I, I don't care. There's nothing going on downstairs. It's, it's a raccoon outside. I don't want to go downstairs and check out to see if it's a raccoon. But then she keeps listening. She, no, no, did you hear it again? Did you... This, there's never, and no one's ever come into our house, but she's, she's positive that the noises she hears, we live behind a park. There are kids walking through the trail behind our park all night long, all the time, but she's always hearing something downstairs. And I know that if I don't get up and go and check downstairs, neither of us are going to sleep the rest of the night because she is just going to be hearing those noises and I'm going to be getting an elbow every 20 minutes. No, did you hear that one? Did you hear that one? Did you? And I don't know what she expects me to do if I get downstairs and there is somebody that's broken into the house. Like, thank you for waking us up. Like, maybe, could you just please be a little more quiet when you're finishing to rob us? Like, I, my wife's trying to sleep. I'm trying to sleep. I can't really do anything about it because you've got an automatic weapon and the only weapon I have is this body that I have and it's really not going to go well so just keep it down we're trying to sleep what are we going to do if we go downstairs but but we're listening then for that noises and we're we're attuned to some things and we're not attuned to other things and we think that we know what's important to listen to and that's the problem because oftentimes we're listening to something that isn't important and we're bypassing things that are important we have selective hearing If you've been in a relationship for any number of years, you know that many couples will fight because they've selectively heard one thing that their partner has said and they and they missed the other half of the message but they heard part of the message and they said i'm gonna i'm gonna key in on this one and a whole fight ensues because you've picked up on one thing but missed the greater context you've only listened to part of it this happens at our jobs as well we talked about this with job descriptions a few weeks ago we just look at the parts we want to and we ignore the other parts Sometimes we we skew the message a little bit with our selectivity. Maybe it's not that we're selectively listening, but maybe we even think we assume we know what another person is going to say, so we don't even bother listening. We don't even wait to hear what's coming out of their mouths. We just assume, and that's, that's where prejudices come from. And when it comes down to it, we know that communication, we learned this basic communication way back when. It has three parts. It's what I said. It's what I thought that I said. And it's what you heard. And all three can be totally different. Let me, let me demonstrate this. Next weekend is Super Bowl Sunday. All over the world, this is what will happen. The football fan in the family will say, I'm going out. That's it. And now what he thought he said was, I've really enjoyed our family time together this afternoon, 
But now I'm going to share the experience of the Super Bowl with a few close friends who really share my love of football, and we're going to be at Buffalo Wild Wings. That's what he thought he said when he said, I'm going out. (laughs) And what she heard was, I don't value you enough to even let you know where I'm going and who I'll be with and why I'm leaving. So our relationship is not working well, and we need to stop now and discuss it. That comes from what I said, from what I thought I said, and from what you heard. Now, that's a little extreme, but obviously, we hear things and we listen to things very differently. So we're going to go to Luke 10 this morning, and we're going to see a story where Jesus models this kind of attuned listening. If you need to borrow a copy of the Bible this morning, just slip your hand up, and Manir or Ron will make sure you get a copy of the Bible to borrow, or you can go to your version and uh, it's online. You can look for Milton or Portico on your on your version. We're going to be in Luke 10. This whole month we're there, and Jesus we, we're, we're getting to the point where Jesus tells his disciples just to, to stay. Just stay there. He doesn't say do anything. He doesn't say go anywhere. He just says stay there and take in what's going around you. But our key text this morning is going to come from Luke 10, verses 38 and 42. It's a little later on in the chapter. We're going to bounce down from the passage where we're, going to, where we're spending most of the month. But in Luke 10, verses 38 to 42, Jesus demonstrates the way that actively listening and being attuned to what somebody else is saying can demonstrate care and can open up different kinds of depths of conversation in relationships. So here we go, Luke 10, 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And in this story, I want to show you how Jesus uses active listening skills, or we're going to call it listening to understand. And it's a concept that's been discussed. If you've been in counseling meetings, if you've been in team building seminars, you may have heard that phrase, active listening. But Jesus uses it here to figure out what's really going on with Martha and what her real needs were. So we're going to spend a few minutes on that this morning. And when I listen to understand, it communicates that I care. Now, we tend to think that most communication happens verbally. What I say is how I communicate. We think of that, right? But most communications experts say that 7% of what we communicate is done by the words that we say. And 55% is totally nonverbal. It's your facial expression. It's the pauses that you make. It's the posture. It's all kinds of things that aren't verbal, that aren't even audible, that is communicating something to somebody else. And when you want somebody to know, when you want to communicate to them, you're important. I care about you. Listening to their words is often the first step in sharing that communication. Now, Martha in this story, she's stressed out. She's probably going off on Jesus. She may even be crying right there. And for Jesus to see the tears, and again, he's like, he's thinking, oh no, what am I going to do? How am I going to, how am I going to fix this? And she complains to Jesus because Mary wasn't helping her. And Jesus makes her, she says to Jesus, Jesus, make her come back in here and help me. Now look what Jesus does in verse 41 right away. 
if you've, if you've learned about active listening, he reflects back right away. He says, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. He says, I hear what you're saying. Martha, I hear you telling me that you're upset, that you're worried, that you have a lot of things going on. This is 2,000 years before we identified active listening, but this is what he does. He validates her concern. He lets her know that he sees how hard she's working and that she's super upset. How often can a fight be avoided just by knowing that we've been heard? And I was joking when I said we know that women are broken when they're crying. (laughs) Men, we don't always respond well. But you know what a fight could have done? If I could have walked in and said, oh, it seems like you had a hard day, Amanda. You want to tell me about it or you just want to be quiet? A fight is avoided in our personal relationships when we just come in and say, can you, do, you want to, do you want to say anything? I can, see that, I can see that you're really upset. And Jesus starts right here with Martha to diffuse the issue. Sometimes, like I said, we listen to part of the issue and we get ready to dispense our wisdom for, uh, for replying and Sometimes, sometimes women get this concept more quickly than men do, that they will typically allow for a person to share hurt or anger or fear, no need for a response. Some of you may have read um, Stephen Covey's book. He, he wrote the habit, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and he wrote The Eighth ha- Habit as well. He updated it. It was in the, late, uh, it's in the 80s and 90s. And he he incorporated this concept into one of the habits that makes people more successful than other people. Here's what he said. Most people don't listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Think about that. When somebody says something to you, is your first, is your natural default to go, I want to really understand what this person's saying. Or is your default response just to go, I better figure out what I'm going to say next. Because if you can start to listen with the purpose of understanding, it changes the way you hear things. It changes what skills you use when you're listening. And Stephen Covey said, you'll be one of the people that's more successful in any relationship in life if you can get this down. Christ modeled it for us. So this isn't just human wisdom. This is his wisdom. Solomon, man who lived thousands of years before Christ, but was inspired by God, given the gift of wisdom. Look what he wrote in Proverbs 18 and 13. To answer before listening, that's folly and shame. And it's a pattern that many wise people throughout history have noticed. We tend to rush to get an answer before we listen to what the other person is saying. And the people who can slow down, quiet themselves, and truly listen to what somebody else is saying will have greater success in relationships And what's more, people will know that you care about them. In your CLGs this week, you're going to read a a story about Jethro and Moses. Now, Jethro is Moses' father-in-law. And he came to visit Moses and, and as Moses was leading the people, the tribe of Israel. And he, all he did was come and visit and he observed Moses for the day. He didn't come in and say anything. He just watched Moses. And he saw this long line of Israelites that were coming up and needing their problems to be solved by Moses. And they were needing a judge over their conflicts and their issues. Now, some of you may be father-in-laws and some of you may have father-in-laws. But how well does it go when a father-in-law usually sticks their nose into their 
their, their daughter and uh, son-in-law's uh, relationship. How well does that go sometimes? We, we know that sometimes that couple isn't really ready for the wisdom, even though the father-in-law may have that. It's diffic- that's a difficult relationship to navigate. And if even though Jethro had a great answer, if he had came in and just said, let me tell you why you're messing this up, Moses, I'll share with you how you can change. If he had came in like that, it could have gone very poorly. But instead of pointing out what's wrong, here's what Jethro does first. He says, I've noticed you've had to be sit and judge all day with, with no help. Tell me why this is going on. Instead of just ready to respond, he's acting, he's listening to understand. And he validates Moses' challenge and he moves to a deeper conversation. So you're going to study that this week and see how all throughout the Bible, whether Solomon, whether Moses, whether in the stories of Jesus, there's times when people who choose to listen first have a greater amount of success. And in this story, Israel based their entire judge system, the way that they would exist for the next few thousand years, was started with this conversation between Jethro and Moses, a father-in-law sticking his nose into Moses' daily affairs. It turned out beautifully because Jethro was able to go, tell me about what's going on. It's a great story. And if you want to study, make sure you're in a CLG or read that story in your own personal time later on this week. But there are people in your life, I can guarantee you right now, that are nervous to share anything with you for a number of reasons, but one of them could be they're not sure if you're going to listen first or if you're just going to speak up. They're not sure if I care enough about them to just allow them the space to say, here's what's hurting me, here's what I'm upset about. When we change our natural response to listening first, we communicate, we care about them, and they're important. And it creates a whole new space for the second thought, is that when I listen to understand, it opens deeper conversations. Look what happens immediately after Jesus goes, he, after Jesus validates Martha's uh, concern. In verse 42, he's able to flip the conversation to a discussion about working in the kitchen and working around the house. And he goes, but few things are needed... Or indeed, only one. Jesus is able to get to the heart of the issue and speak something that maybe not would have been received as well if he had have just spoken first without really hearing or, or noticing what was going on. There's an old proverb that says, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And each of us has a wealth of experience and knowledge to share. Even as I was talking to the teenagers before, guys, you have something to share with other people, especially if you have Christ resident inside you. His Holy Spirit is there, able, empowering you to be able to share wisdom and knowledge with other people. But sometimes the walls that other people put up only come down when they feel like they've been listened to first. Parents, this is one of our greatest frustrations. I, I meet with parents all the time and they say, my kids just won't listen to me. And one of the first questions I ask, well, have you ever asked them why they don't listen? And the parents are like, excuse me? <laughs> why they don't listen? I'm in charge. They listen. They don't have a choice about whether they listen or not. No, they don't have a choice whether they hear you or not, but they definitely have a choice whether they listen or not. And sometimes people will put up walls because they don't feel that they've been heard. And part of it's because they're kids, and whether they're 6 or 16, sometimes they're just not going to listen. But part of it is this principle. And when we seek to understand first, 
we can open up a deeper conversation and get to the conversation that you desperately want to have with your kids and need to have with your kids. Listen, our kids need to know these things. We need to be able to share it with them. But sometimes listening first opens up that conversation. And our default mindset is the person who's talking is in charge and has power over the conversation. It's not true. The person who listens and just asks the questions will often have the power. Let me demonstrate this for you this morning. Heather, hi. How did you feel music went this morning? You felt music went well. Is there anything that we could be doing differently with our music teams that would kind of help out? And she's sitting right beside them, all the musicians, so this is really awkward. She said, so, so you're saying we could, we could maybe work changing some of the levels that some people are playing. I don't want, Daniel, we're not, we're not pointing anybody out here, but this could, could be, yeah, no. <laughs> so, so you're saying that if we, if, we, if we took some time, worked on that, so we, would, so we would need more time. So how do we get more time? Better scheduling. Scheduling, okay. Okay, so maybe that's something we can work on later on. Okay. See, I'm in complete control of that conversation, but Heather's doing most of the talking, and I'm, all, all that I'm responding with is what she's saying, right? This is an active listening skill that, you'll, that you can learn and that people have finally figured out. Asking the questions and reflecting back gives complete control. Sorry to put you on the spot like that, Heather. I knew you'd be, be, able, to, be able to play along with that. But now Heather know, Heather's just been able to have her voice heard. Heather knows that I'm concerned about, so maybe we need some more practice time. That's one of the things we're doing on Wednesdays and one of the reasons why 8.30 right on the knob, we're always going, right, Andrew? We're <laughs> that's that's a running joke. If you've been a part of worship teams, you'll know Andrew loves that we start right at eight thirty all the time. And <laughs> eight thirty is it's a it's a new time in the morning for Andrew on on the weekends eight thirty. But he's doing really well with it. And uh, we know that we can that we can make some tweaks. But that comes from asking the questions and listening. And whether it's about parenting, and we learn to do that with our kids whether it's about work and we want to hear what our boss is saying or what our employees are saying, whether it comes to our faith. And Jesus is able to see Martha who's stressed out and then say, Martha, I'm going to teach you something about faith because I'm just going to reflect back and listen to your concern. When people feel heard, they're ready to engage. And when your default changes to listening instead of talking, we'll become less aggressive. We'll avoid fights because I'm not getting ready to respond with what I want to say. All I'm going to respond with is what Heather wants to say. Listening first levels the field. It doesn't matter if you're introverted or extroverted because all you're doing is reflecting back what the person's saying. You don't have to feel that pressure. Listening first levels the playing field between men and women because it's not our communication styles then are even. It's between young and old. It's between Mary and Martha. Listening first levels it all. Here's what James 1 and 19 says. My brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Who led you to faith? I, I want you to think. If you're, if you're in church this morning and, and you're a Christian, who led you to faith? I bet it wasn't the first person who told you about Jesus. I bet the first time you heard the story that Jesus came as God's son and died for you. I bet that instant for the majority of us wasn't the moment that we decided that this was true. And if we went around and we shared stories in the room this morning, it would often be somebody 
who cared about me, somebody that I knew cared about me, somebody that I knew was actually hearing what I had to say, was able to demonstrate and able to share that faith with me. That person helped me know who God is. And we have this amazing, life-changing message to share with other people. And you know the best way we can share it? Is listening. Because when we listen first, we open up the deeper conversations. Now, there's this show that was running a few years ago. Anybody remember Everybody Loves Raymond? Remember that show? You remember that? F- funny show about a couple, and they were raising their kids and family. And there's a clip we're going to show for you. And Ray and his wife, Deborah, they're trying to learn this skill of active listening. And they go to a class, and Ray fails in the role playing and he ends up trying to do the listening but he gets mad and he yells at the instructor and he punishes her and says no tv and he said and so they they have to stay after class and they say you guys really need to work on this with your kids because this be might be part of the reason why your kids aren't listening so ray goes home and he discovers that there's some success when he listens first so we're going to watch what happens when ray's figuring out what's how to listen first and deborah hasn't quite caught on yet why did you do this Allie? this is terrible Oh, great. (laughs) This is Michael's giraffe. He's crying. Now, why did you do this? Cause. Cause is not an answer. Active listening. Ray, that doesn't work. It works. I just use it on the worst kids in the neighborhood. Would you? Look at this. Look what she did. Try it. Try it. Ray. I'll do it. You want me to do it? No, 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 no. no. Okay. Allie, let's talk about what you did. I don't want to talk. Are you feeling angry? Reflect back. <laughs> you're, you're angry. Yes. Okay. But it's not okay to rip up toys when we're angry. Ah, uh, 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 judgmental. <laughs> you are angry because... Um... Because it used to be your toy. Oh. Yes. I see, I see. You think that um, mommy and daddy pay too much attention to Michael and Jeffrey. Right, okay, I was handling this. They get everything. Right, and you're upset because we gave them your old giraffe. I still liked it. But you weren't playing with it. But that doesn't matter, though, because (laughs) it was still yours. And you're mad because we gave it to Michael without asking you, right? Right. Well, uh, Mommy and Daddy made a mistake. And, and everybody makes mistakes, right, Mommy? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you feel better now, Allie? Yes. Can I have the giraffe? Well, it's broken, honey. I know. I want to try to fix it for Michael. Uh-huh. <laughs> this way. Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, yeah. Can't believe it. It's pretty amazing. You did it. Anything else you need taken care of while I'm around here? No. What? What's the matter? (laughs) Nothing with you, obviously. Don't go by me. I'm a natural. (laughs) Where are you getting? Oh, look. Act so proud of yourself. Listen, if I hadn't dragged you to that stupid class, you'd still be standing there going, Hey, no TV. 
you're feeling inadequate because I mastered it before you. Oh, don't give me that active listening crap. Where do you get off listening to me? Never happened again. When he figured it out, he's able to go, again, TV show, right? He figures it out and he's able to go deeper, getting in the conversation with his kids that he really wanted to have. Well, as we close up this morning, listening to understand uncovers real needs. In the show, Allie just needed to know that her parents loved her. She was ready to care about her brothers when she knew that her parents loved her. It wasn't about a toy. It wasn't about a giraffe. It's never about a toy. It was about love. Martha's problem was about dinner, right? She comes into Jesus and says, get Mary out of that room and into the kitchen and help me with dinner. It wasn't about dinner. And Jesus wasn't able to just say, Martha, it's not about dinner. Sit down and listen to me. He's able to go, I see what's happening. You're upset. But there's only really one important thing. And that's not going to be taken from Mary. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about this. And if you know the story, they're able to both sit and learn and learn about the love of Jesus. And in CL Jesus Week, we're going to look again at another story in John chapter 4. Jesus does the same thing to the woman that comes to him at the well. And she asks him a question about, about water and, and whether, they can, whether they can get water for each other. And in John 4.10, he says, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, then you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And when you actively listen and you allow for conversation and you give the person room and space to share what they're saying and what they're feeling, you'll find out what's actually on their mind and you may have a chance to share the love of God with them. You may have a chance to write a relationship that hasn't been working properly for years, whether it's couples, whether it's parents, whether it's work, whether it's just somebody coming to know Jesus, the most important relationship. When we start with listening, our relationships can be revolutionized. Heather's going to come back to the keys this morning. And I would bet that most of us hearing this message this morning would admit to one of the following that in my personal relationships, there's times when I don't listen enough. We're going to have a time of reflection, but maybe you're here as a single, maybe you're here as a couple, but you know that your communication is marked by not listening to each other, more nattering at each other. Parents, maybe you're here and you just think, I can't, I gotta, I gotta be able to talk with my kids differently. It's gotta be different. You feel like your kids are stonewalling you. The word of God is challenging you this morning. Listen first. Maybe it's a matter of, you know that God has called you to share your faith with somebody else. That there's a message, there's a spirit of evangelism inside you that you're like, I need I need to let this person know how much God loves them and I have no idea how to do it and I'm pretty sure they wouldn't receive it. And the example here, Jesus used multiple occasions. Don't go and say anything, just go and listen. No one's argued into the kingdom with your wisdom. It's not on me, it's not on them. It's on the spirit of God and that honoring others first. And it might be on the way that you express to people how much you care that they find who Jesus is, just the way that many of us do. And this week, instead of studying one text on our Sunday morning service, 
We just looked at a concept that Christ modeled. We looked at some of the teachings that talk about listening first. But when a series comes to rethinking relationships, this is one that we knew we couldn't miss, and we had to see where is this modeled throughout our scripture so that we can model our lives the same way that Christ lived his. So we're going to spend a quiet moment of reflection, and here's what we believe, that as we pray and as we just think, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to challenge us to act differently, to listen differently. Here's the question to think about, just with soft music playing in the background. In what relationship am I going to make a commitment to listen first and to listen to understand? Let's take a few moments. best part of this is that we're serving a God who did this for us first. As a closing scripture, I want you to look at the screen, Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 8. The Lord said, I've seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering, so I've come down to rescue them. This was a specific promise of a specific time that translates to us today. I've heard my people, and I'm concerned about their suffering, and I've come down in the form of my son Jesus, and he offered us rescue. And if you're in church this morning, and all you need to do is be encouraged by the fact that God knows your journey this morning. God knows what you're struggling with. He listens. And he sent Jesus so that we don't have to worry about where our future is. We don't have to worry about how it all ends because our future is secure in Him. You know, we come to church to be challenged by the Word. We come to church so that we live our lives differently. So I'm going to pray over us that, that this week we wouldn't just go with our natural instinct to speak up. We would go with Christ's instinct to listen first 
to ask a question, to seek to understand instead of be understood. And that through that, we would have a revolution in the way that our families work, in the way that our jobs work, in the way that we share our faith. Here's what, you know what, as Andrew announced that, that event on, uh, on February 7th, the bowling event, we've really been praying as a church leadership. We said, how can we really do the best way to share our faith in the community? Do we just, just go out and, and, uh, and, and have times where, where people see that there's a church and we get to talk about Jesus? Or, or do we just find ways that we can tell people, hey, we care enough about you to pay for your bowling and put on a breakfast and just get to know you. That's what we're believing that we're doing, that we're listening first. So we want to pray into that as well. But I just want, I want to pray over you, okay, as a church. Lord, I thank you for this gathering of people here. And we came this morning to be challenged by your word, to be different. And we admit this morning that oftentimes, Lord, our instincts are not the Holy Spirit's instincts. And that we just act the way that we think is best. So, Father, forgive me for the times when I speak, when I should be listening. Father, forgive me for the times when I feel like I can put in my two cents when I really haven't even heard what concerns somebody else. Father, I pray that this week as a church, as we go out, you give us opportunity to communicate to others how much we care and how important they are to us without ever saying a word other than you want to tell me about it. I can see you're hurting, just reflecting back what's happening. God, we believe that it's your love that changes. It's your presence that revolutionizes lives. It's not tricks, it's not skills. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that we would live in that, we would reside in that, Lord. And as we become more and more like you, ever changing, not ever feeling like we're finished works, just changing more and more, God, that we would see this revolution in our church, in our families, and in our jobs. Thank you for your presence that's been here this morning, how much you love us and that you do hear us. Just like that verse says, Lord, you've seen what's happening. You know that we're suffering. You know what's going on and you're concerned and you sent your son Jesus to rescue us from that. God, it's been great just to be together and we ask that we go in your blessing and in your name. Amen.